Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. I would like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land on which this podcast is created, the Gadigal and Bidjigal people of the Eora Nation. I pay my respects to elders past, present, and emerging. This is the Ash London podcast. I am, you guessed it, Ash London. Reformed radio host, new mum and human being on a quest to live my best life when it feels like the world around me is imploding. Each week we do a bit of mum chat and I also do one of my favourite things on the planet and interview a guest. From celebrities who have entertained us over the craziness of the last two years to everyday people with inspiring stories. This is... The Ash London Podcast. Bit of a fun one today. I'm going one-on-one with British singer-songwriter Tom Grennan. His track, Little Bit of Love, you know, the one that's like, A little bit of love. Oh. I had to sing it just in case you didn't know how it went. Um, it charted here in Australia last year and it always kind of made me smile whenever it came on the radio. He's two albums deep, been nominated for a couple of Brits and was in town recently doing a cheeky bit of promo. Not many international artists have actually made the trip in the past two years thanks to COVID. We used to get them kind of, you know, like every day or two. So it's been really nice to have someone make the trip back and feel like everything's kind of getting back to normal a little bit. He's got such a wonderful vibe about him. I really enjoyed getting to know him in this chat. He grew up in Bedford in the UK and as a teenager had dreams of playing professional football. From what I can tell in my research, he was actually pretty good. But it was a creative career that eventually beckoned and he hasn't looked back since. Say hello to Tom Grennan. Welcome to Australia, mate. Was there a point where you thought, I'm never going to bloody well ever get there? There was a point for sure. The The flight is so long. Um, but we, did, we didn't come from England. We came from LA, so it wasn't too bad. Yeah, but it's one go. It's the one go flight. It's like you don't get a break in that 15 and a half hours from LA to Australia. No, it was, it was, it was tough. And I didn't have any, I was the only seat on the flight without any entertainment. So I had no TV for 15 hours. Why didn't they put you in first class? I would have kicked up the biggest stink of all time if that was me. Uh, do you know what? I was close to kicking up a big fuss, but I, but the lady was like, I'm so, so sorry, we didn't know. And at the end of the flight, the manager came to me and went, just got to tell you, we did know about this problem. And I went, mate, your colleague told me you didn't know about it. And he was like, I know she did. We had to tell you that at the beginning of the flight because the flight was booked up too busy. And I know that you'd have wanted to move, but we couldn't move you. And he was like, but I can see that you're not a, a regular passenger on these flights, so we can't give you any points. We can't give you any money back. And I was like, mate, listen, I'm now in Australia. The 15 hours is done. Let's forget about it. You're a good person. You're gonna get good, you're gonna get good flying karma for that, Tom. I hope so. I know you had an incident which you don't have to go into because it's so shitty recently, but I know you you burst your eardrum. Surely that makes flying not very fun. Yeah, it was uncomfortable for sure, but um, I took a couple melatonins and it knocked me right out. So uh, 
I, I actually slept most of the way there anyway. Oh, so I was all right. I, the best thing, I mean, I hate going to LA. And now that I have, you know, like I'm on maternity leave, I don't have to do those flights all the time. But I would get the, um because you can get everything over the counter in America. Australia's like hardcore about, you know, like not getting addicted to drugs. But you can get those sick like um PM night um painkillers, like Tylenol PM and shit. It's better yeah, than yeah, Valium yeah. sometimes. You just go, they take a couple of those and you're like, <laughs> wake up on the other end. Absolutely heaven. <laughs> so um, I, in my research, I discovered um, my new favourite person on the planet, your father. Yeah. What a legend. Yeah, what a legend. Um, please, for everyone listening, especially because a lot of this podcast is about family, yeah. talk to me about your dad because I feel like he's a ledge and I love that video of you trying to make him cry and play some of your song what what kind of dad was he growing up a funny dad um my dad's an irish irish fella and he is the most caring most loving um dad that there is um but he loves loves the piss taking <laughs> do you know what i mean and he loves just getting involved and like you say he 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 is a legend and to be honest with you, he's more famous than I am at home, for sure. When I'm at a show or when he's going to the shops or anything, he's got he's got lines of people looking to, to take his photo and, and have a photo with him. And but he's 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 just up for it. He he loves it. And um he's just so funny. He's honestly so funny. And he's a he's just a normal dad, really. He's a builder, um, worships the floor that my mum walks on Aww. and very lucky to 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 have parents that are still together. Do you know what I mean? Because I don't know anyone whose parents are still together. Legit. I know it's it's crazy. So um yeah, it's amazing. So were they romantic growing up? Was your dad like no did you always did you see your parents kissing? Like what was that like that he nah, my dad's definitely not a romantic nah um <laughs> my mum is a romantic but he he is he does worship the floor that my mum walks on and it's lovely to see and and uh yeah, he must be a romantic in some way. Do you know what I mean? He just never showed me no, or my brother. <laughs> <laughs> but are you romantic? I am romantic for sure. Mm, are you a giver of romance or a receiver or both? Like, do you get awkward if your partner does something romantic for you, or are you or are you in? I, I'm in. I love that stuff. I love the. I love like the soppiness of 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 love. Oh, yes. Yeah. Come on, give me an example. What's something soppy that you've done? Uh, I just asked my my girlfriend to marry me. Yeah, that's awesome. Which is pretty crazy. Um, How did you do it? If you don't mind sharing, I did it up. I did it up um, a canyon in LA, um, and there was no one there. It was luckily, I thought, "Oh my god, I'm good," because I didn't want to do it in front of anybody. Yeah. But um, there was no one around, and it was overlooking LA. We were in the clouds, and it was mm. just just a very very nice moment. Um, but I am I am a I've got a big heart, I do, and so does she. And and I think, like, if there's like a love, lovey dovey film, I'm the one crying. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> I'm the one crying for sure. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not afraid to admit it. Like, good. I, yeah. I love it when two big-hearted people find each other. Because you know, I, I'm also big-hearted, and I've in the past was with has been with people that aren't, and it sucks because it's wasted on them, and then you feel like a dickhead. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And when it when it when he does waste it, when you do waste it on them, 
then you become a dickhead as well. Exactly right. Exactly right. So you've proposed. This is so huge. I remember when I obviously I was proposed to. I didn't get to propose, but it was like yeah. not real life. Like I realized it was happening and I was like, oh my God, I'm being proposed and being proposed. And, this is, and I wasn't even listening to what he was saying. I was just like, he's doing it. Yeah. He's doing it. Oh my God. And then I was like, oh, what song's playing? Oh, Ed Sheeran's playing. That's weird. I wouldn't have chosen Ed Sheeran. <laughs> oh, it's Castle on the Hill. That's not even a romantic song. It could have been thinking out loud. It's the wrong song. And like, meanwhile, he's like standing there and then he's like, do you want to yeah. see the ring? I'm like, yes. So were you like uh, in charge of your emotion? Like, do you remember any of it or was it a bit of a blur? Uh, it was pretty much a, it was pretty a, it was pretty much a blur, um, but we it was that kind of thing. I don't remember what I said either, but um, yeah, it, it was for the time. Do you know what I mean? And I, I, I think yeah, I think that that moment in in time is definitely frozen for both of us. But we it's don't so know, nice. we don't know where. <laughs> yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah. Do you have a song, the two of you, like whether a romantic song or not, just a song that you know is yours? No. Do you know what you? You know what's mad? When we were walking down, there was this random guy playing, I feel for you. Uh, I'm a learner. And now, now obviously that's going to be our that's song. That's the best. Which is crazy. Now you've got to plan yeah, a wedding. A Planning a wedding was the best thing I ever did. Yeah, yeah. I don't think, no, I think that won't happen for a few years now because things are about to get super busy for me. And I want to be present in that time and not just, kind of say to my gut to my missus going you deal with all that I want to be I want I want it to be awesome. like one thing so things are exploding I mean like you're in Australia yeah pandemic's over you're about to kick things up again so yeah. how do you sort that out with like the two of you how do you kind of go okay we're going to keep this going strong knowing yeah. that it's like promo is hectic man yeah it's hectic for sure like well she came out to see me in America and then I flew to 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 Australia, but I think I think just having each other FaceTime is obviously a big yeah. Thank God. Um, thank God. Um, and just having that, just knowing that I'm coming home, like, is something yeah. to look forward to. So yeah, which we didn't have for so long with this everything that's happened in the past couple of years. There was no end point of I know it's going to be okay because at this state we'll see there was so much kind of unknown yeah. um did you did you find that over that time you kind of took things for granted and now that it's kicking back on again you're like i'd imagine if it was me i'd be like more um inspired than ever to just kind of work my ass off to yeah 100 percent. do shit again 100 percent. i feel like lockdown for me was a very important time because mm. The first lockdown, I actually moved back home with my mum and dad and my brother. Um, and I was going through a lot of different things, person, personal things. And when moving back to my mum and dad's house, uh, it gave me a chance to reset. And actually, I stopped drinking and I got physically like in the best shape that I ever got in, had been in. And mentally, I, I was just finding myself kind of becoming more stable and understanding like what I needed to do, who, who I wanted to be, where wow. I wanted to be. Um, so for me, that was, a, that was such an important time. And um, musically, like, I was like, well, this has been taken away from everybody. I don't want to be at the end of it, coming out of a lockdown and going, shit, I've not done anything creative in that time or I've not done anything to kind of I don't know keep my career alive and keep it keep people buzzed up 
So I was like, during that time, I was like, right, let's put out music still. Let's keep people entertained throughout lockdown. And, um, and that's what I did. And I came out the other side of, of, of a lockdown with, with a hit and mm. people were wanting to see shows and, and I was ready to go. I'm going to look at it like now as being an athlete and I need to be mentally, physically prepared for all of this, all of this work to do. Because if you want to win gold in, in the Olympics, then you have to have years and years and years of training and, and be so focused in on, 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 on what you're doing and being so present with people you're talking to, like yourself, do you know what I mean? Mm. If this was a few years ago, I'm, like, I wouldn't be present. I would either be coming in hungover or, or still drunk on the night before and I wasn't present. So look at it now, like, like I say, it's athlete mode and I'm never going to let anything disrail me and I'm never going to take anything for granted because it could all end tomorrow, as we've all seen. I love that. That's bloody brilliant. Well, speaking of athlete, athletes, that could have been your life. You know, there were there were years in your young years when music was certainly not kind of what you imagined for yourself. And I know now we can look back and know that it all everything happened for a reason. And I would like to think that you think that you know it's it's worked out the way it should have. But yeah. was there a time in your life when you know when football didn't work out and that kind of ended that you thought you had missed the boat or that you'd missed out on the life that you would imagine for yourself? Or did you always have a sense that you would make it somehow? I always had a sense I would do something crazy for sure. I remember being awesome. young and, and kind of saying to myself, I'm going to be, I'm going to be something. I know I'm going to be something. I don't know what it's going to be, but I know I'm going to be something. I used to like say that to myself over and over again, being young wow. and I did think it was going to be football. And then I kind of got to an age where I, I realised, actually, I'm not as good as, as I was or I'm not as good as I thought. And I see these young young boys coming in who've been dropped from other teams and coming into my team. And I was, just saw the quality of them. And I was like, football's definitely not for me. Music was never, never, ever something I thought I'd be doing um, until I kind of got got drunk for the first time and I, and I, and I started singing on a karaoke machine at a party and uh, people were like, wow, where's that voice come from? And don't get me wrong. I didn't sound the way I sounded now, how I sound now. Like, yeah. Well, I was about to say, yeah. if you sounded like, if you could sing this well, then you're an idiot for not thinking yeah, you yeah. could be a singer. Yeah. No, like I've had to really like teach myself and, and find my own voice, but there was a voice there. Do you know what I mean? And, and people could yeah. hear that and people could hear that. So I've worked my bum off to, to get to where I am now, um, but I never thought I'd be doing what I'm doing, but I did think I was going to do something crazy. I just didn't know what it was going to be. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. 
Wow. Do you think the discipline of being an athlete from a young age helps? Because so much of what you're talking about is this idea of kind of setting a goal and deciding this is how it's going to be and kind of working your ass off, which really is what you have to do to, to stay, you know, to be an elite sports person. So have you, all, have you always been disciplined or were you not that kind of a soccer player? No, that's not not the person that the soccer player I was or like the kid I was either. Like yeah, my okay. mum and dad obviously disciplined me, but I was I was definitely like a naughty boy. Um, but I was like, not like a horrible naughty boy. Every, like all the teachers. Yeah, cheeky. Cheeky, cheeky. Um, but on the football pitch, I definitely wasn't disciplined and <laughs> I definitely didn't like people telling me what, what to do. Mm. And I didn't have the attitude. So when I, when football stopped, and then I saw that I had a chance to do music on like on another level, then I really said to myself, like, "Well, don't do what you did before." Gotcha. Because like, there's a there's a thousand other other me's. You know what I mean? I've just got yeah. I've just been given this ticket. That's a lucky ticket, and. And I've just got to take that and take every opportunity that I can to, to keep that ticket because somebody could come in and rob that off me quickly. So, yeah. It was quite serendipitous though. It's like something we you, you read about in a book or a movie that someone's on stage and it just so happens that someone from a record label is watching and you get a deal. Like, I don't know if that's kind of a, a fabled internet story, if that really happened. But that did happen. Like, that did happen. That's like. That's what you would dream of happening, but you don't expect. For sure. Like, I never thought of, like, can I get a record? I never, like, I never, that was never in my head because I wasn't, like, in tune with music like that. I just loved doing it. I loved the way it made me feel. I loved the way a crowd would react. I loved making people happy. And I'd have just been happy playing pubs and and clubs because I never knew different. Mm. When that opportunity came and, and the guy went to me, are these your songs? And I'm like, yeah, they are. And he was like, well, have you got a manager? I was like, no. And he was like, okay, well, this is who I am. What's your email? And I was like, well, all right, cool. This is my manager. This is my email. And then the next morning had tons and tons of, of emails from different record labels and different publishers and different lawyers and different managers and all these different people. And I'm like, what the hell is this? And luckily enough, I found a manager who, who's now like my best mate and who I trust hands down. How did that happen? How did, cause this is, this is people, if you're not in the industry, you don't know how hard it is to get a good manager that you stick with. Yeah. And you, you knew nothing about really no. anything. So how, again, serendipitous, how did you find this person? How did you know they were the right one? I feel like I've got a good inkling with people anyway. And yeah. I feel like he does too. And Great. we just had a beer. We had a Guinness. <laughs> and I kind of told him the dream. He told me the dream. And he was like, and he didn't bullshit me. He said, Yeah. He said, it's not gonna happen overnight. It's gonna be hard work. I'm gonna put the hard work in if you do. And I was like, 100 percent let's let's give it a crack. And then over the years, and like, well, from from the get-go, really, but like over the years, it's just become like brotherly love and and mm. someone that, that I trust hands down. Um, but like I say, from that t- from that moment and meeting my meeting my record label and I signed for the for the record label that I went into 
we went, went into all these meetings, had all these big offers, and the record label that I went with were the record label who who offered the least amount of money. They knew what my vision was. They knew that I wasn't the artist to come in and be like, I am a genius, boom, hit a rep, hit, hit a call, and, and I'm going to be this global superstar. They knew that I wasn't that. They knew that I had to, I, I had to one, find my voice, two, learn how to properly write songs, three, learn how to become a, a showman and, and, mm. and learn my craft. And there wasn't any pressure on me. When you sign for these big major, like, don't get me wrong, I signed a major record deal, but mm. it, was, it wasn't like a crazy amount of money. It was a comfortable where I could be like, yeah. now I've got time to really dive in and, and, and find that. So like my first record, when it, I came out of university, because I got signed when I was at uni, I moved to London and did university, and that's what gave me the chance to play guitar and all that. But I came out of uni and got thrown straight into the deep end and was like, right, it's time to write an album. But there was no pressure on writing this global album. It was like, yeah, you do what you need to do and we'll support you when doing it. And that first record for me was the record when I listened back. Like, and, it, and it went top five in England, which is crazy. But when I listened back to it, and it means so much to so many people, but for, for me, it does mean so much for me too. But for me, it's when this time, I'm like, well, I sound so young. My songs are like, they're good songs. And they mean a lot, but I've progressed and I've and I've and I've become just a better writer, a better musician. But I needed that album to happen because it taught me a lot, and it was me finding my voice and and finding my 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 feet in the music industry. And then my second mm. came out, and it went to number one, and it was an album that, for when everybody says you got the pressure of a second album, that was an album that was no pressure. That was an album that I needed to make. It was, like I said earlier, like about, I've got a big heart. When it's wasted on somebody, you become a dickhead. And I did become a dickhead in a relationship. And I, and it's me owning up to that. And I'm saying, actually, I made a lot of mistakes. It's not, I'm not going to put the blame onto somebody else because the blame is more so on me. Like, obviously it takes two to tango, but, two, two to tango, but really I wasn't, I was a bit of a dickhead. So what do you want to put out into the world if, you know, like more than ever now the world's, you know, I guess the world's always been equal parts amazing and equal parts fucked. But what do you want through your music, through the person you are, whatever it is, what would what do you want your your contribution to be? What do you want to change or shift or? Yeah, I, I'm not going to say I want to change anything because I'm not saying I'm Mother Teresa, do you know what I mean? And I'm not the Pope or something like that. But what I do want mm. is to be people to feel the way that I'm feeling. I'm happy. Um, I mm. feel I feel like if you were in my mind, everything's colorful, everything's bright, everything's amazing, like everything is just like so content. So if I can bring people into that, into that, into that world who maybe don't feel like that and say, listen take my hand and come on the journey with me because I'm going to pull you through a bad time or whatever, then trust me, I'm that guy to be, to be on that journey with you too. And that's what this album is. It is colourful. It's exciting. I love that you say colourful because when I listen and since I first heard Little Bit of Love, I was driving over the Balti Bridge in Melbourne a couple of years ago. I was in a taxi. I remember, and, and I work in radio. I hear songs for the first time every day of my life. 
but I remember hearing it for the first time and it was colourful. And every time I hear your, your music, uh-huh. I get the I get so many colours, which doesn't happen for me. So it's really weird that you say that. That's so cool. Yeah, wicked. Amazing. Yeah. So like I say, exciting, colourful, happy, and just, again, like that reconnection with people. We've been so disconnected mm. and I just want people to, to go, oh, my God, the world is a fucked up place. We all know that. And there's a lot of stuff going on that is crazy. But that little bit of goodness is in, in, in a lot of people. And um, it should be, it's, it should be, it should be just felt with everybody. And that's what I, I love it. Oh God, I love it. That's the best mate. If I was in the room, I'd come over and give you a hug, but I'm not. So I'll, uh, I'll high five my, my zoom. <laughs> Mate, thank you for sharing um, you and your joy and your colour and your goodness and that big old heart with me today. It's been an absolute pleasure getting to know you. And thank you so beginning. much. Thanks, Legend. matey. Tom Grennan, nice absolute one. pleasure to chat to you. See you, darling. Cheers. Bye. See you later. Big love to the lovely Tom Grennan for making time to chat. Now, there are some big changes coming to the Ashland podcast in the next week or so. It'll be announced pretty soon. Um, I'm really excited about it. I think you'll be happy about it too. I don't know. I'll have to ask you when it happens. But in the next episode, we're talking babies and sleep, aka the thing that has consumed most of my life for the past seven months. I call in some friends and some experts and we hear lots of different approaches and thoughts and um, stresses and meltdowns over this little topic. So make sure you tune in for that one. Love ya. I'm going to leave ya. Stay safe and well. Bye. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. <laughs>